are moving on to something special again. We're going to be playing basically an hour's worth of 50s, 60s break-in sampling records. Can you explain? Kind of mentioned a bit off the top, but what are break-in sampling records? Well, uh, I think everybody's um, kind of familiar with the concept. It's uh, you, you take a little snippet out of somebody else's record and you do something with it. Um, Buchanan and Goodman started this uh, art form uh, back in 1956, and uh, they were rewarded with a top 10 hit record. Uh, it was actually number three on the Hot 100. And uh, used to be able to hear these records uh, a lot at one time. And um, in recent days, I think they've just kind of faded away. Nobody plays them anymore. So Nardware is uh, inspired to have me bring them out a whole batch of them. And we'll see how many we get to play here. 50s, 60s, and into the 70s, too. And listeners of the Nardware Human Serviette Radio Show might have heard this Buchanan a good one last week, right? Yes, well, um, you know, you can't hear it often enough because, uh, you know, the, this is these are the guys that uh, taught us that the flying sauces are real. And we have to start it right now on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show all again with Flying Saucer. <laughs> We interrupt this record to bring you a special bulletin. The reports of a flying saucer hovering over the city have been confirmed. The flying saucers are real. Feel when I feel what my heart can't conceal. That was the Clatters recording. Too real. We switch you now to our on-the-spot reporter downtown. Come on, baby, let's go downtown. Take it away, John Cameron Cameron. Uh, this is John Cameron, Cameron, downtown. Uh, pardon me, madam, would you tell our audience what would you do if the saucer were to land? Thank you. Another thing, gentlemen, there. What I'm gonna do is hard to tell. Uh, the gentleman with the guitar, what would you do, sir? Thank you. We return you now. was the Pelican's Outer Space recording, Earth. I've just been handed a bulletin. The flying saucer has just landed. We switch you again downtown. Uh, here we are again. We have with us Professor Sir Cedric Fentingmold of the British Institute. And the professor is approaching a saucer to see if there's possibly any sign of life aboard. Well, I'm sure something. Are you there? I hear you now. That was Laughing Lewis's record, Knocking. This is John Cameron Cameron on the spot. And now I believe we're about to hear the words of the first spaceman ever to land on Earth. <laughs> and now, here are the bowl scores. Four to three, six to two, and eight to one. The impact of seeing the first spaceman has this reporter reeling. Here I go was the clatters again with their big one huh oh this is john cameron cameron again downtown the spaceman has returned to his ship and is taking off we return you now to our studios the flying saucer has gone there is no threat of an invasion however the flying saucers are still around 
going to interrupt this record. Yes, we are. The flying saucer has landed again. Washington, the Secretary of Defense has just said... That was Skinny Dynamo's record. That's a shame. This is John Cameron Cameron Part 2. Gathered around me are several of the spacemen. Tell us, have you come to conquer the world? And now would you repeat that in English? Don't want the world to have and hold. Hey, why don't you go back where you came from? Don't be angry and drive me away. We return you now to our studios. Here is a news item from Washington. The president has just issued a statement to the spacemen, and we quote... You can do anything for me, off of my balloon sweet shoes. That was Pa Gherkin's record, Shoes. We switch you again downtown. This is John Cameron Cameron downtown. Uh, Professor Cedric of the British Institute, tell us, uh, how were the saucers able to land? Where do you see... The motor cooled down, the heat went down. That was Huckleberry's recording... The motor cooled down. Uh, this is John Cameron Cameron again. I believe the spaceman has a final parting word. See you later, alligator. We return you now to our studio. The spacemen have gone again. But look to the skies. The saucers will always be there. Always be there. Goodbye, Earth people. We interrupt this supersonic program to bring you this message. Our flying saucers have reached Earth. Stay tuned for immediate developments. Come in, saucer 4X. Come in, saucer 4X. This is Mars. We understand you were stranded. I was stranded in the jungle, afraid alone. Yes, yes, tell us, what was your reaction to seeing an Earthling? I almost lost my mind. What caused this sudden fear? All it took was a casual look. Now we switch you to Saucer X2 and an on-the-spot interview with a real Earthling. Come in, X2. Come in, X2. Attention. Where is your crew, X2? Standing on the corner, watching all the girls go by. This, this is your on-the-spot on Martian. Martian. Hey, you, you there, there, Earthling, Earthling stop. stop. Come, come back, back, come back. back. What, what is, is your, your name? name? Nothing but a hand dog. Tell us, Earthling, Earthling what, what is, is the greatest, greatest problem, problem of your people? Why do fools fall in Love? What, what is, is this, this thing, thing called, called love? love? Maybe Umgawa knows. Buwana, 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 umgawa, buwana, buwana, umgawa, buwana. There you are. Well, well Earthling, Earthling, uh, when, when is, is the, the best, best time for this, this crazy, crazy thing, thing called, called love? love? Uh, after the lights go down. Thank you, Earthling. And now we switch you back upstairs to your favorite disc jockey. Well, hi again, everybody. How are you? This is... Back again on station WEIRD. We're Mars, the number one music planet in the universe, with sounds all requestfully for you. Coming up a little bit later on, one of the greatest records of Mars time. And now, we've had thousands of requests from Earthlings asking what a Mars disc jockey looks like. I'm like a one-eyed cat, peeping in a seafood store. 
And now to wind up our show, here's that great, fantastic, fabulous, exclusive record on the Humble Label, the number one record down on Earth. <clears throat> we interrupt this record to bring you a special bulletin. The reports of a flying saucer hovering over the city have been confirmed. The flying saucers are real. This is Mars sending a special message to Buchanan and Goodman. Sue us later, alligator. We interrupt this concert by the Philharmonic Orchestra to bring you a special news bulletin. See you later, alligator! Likewise. Come in, Edward R. Sparrow. This is Edward R. Sparrow. I am about to bring you, for the first time, actual person-to-person -person communication with another planet. Yes, we have finally established radio contact with Mars and the Martian people. Come in, Mars. Mars, are you there? I say, can you hear me, Mars? One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We gonna rock. We seem to have interference from the comets. Ah, but now the air is clearing. Come in, Mars. Mars, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Mars? I hear you knocking. That can't be Mars. It's on the wrong wavelength. Why, it's another planet pretending it's Mars. Oh, yes, I'm the great pretender. I'd better check my supersonic, microphonic, polyphonic, diatonic planet selector. Hello, Mars. Can you hear my signal, Mars? Why don't you write me, darling? Send me a letter. You don't understand, Mars. I want to talk with you, person to person. Hello, Mars. Is this Mars? What Mars? This is Television Persia. And you're lousing up our biggest program, Persian to Persian. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Before we came on the air, I had perfect contact with Mars. But there now seems to be atmospheric interference. Gale? Storm. Ah, yes. Now it shows on the stratospheric barometer a heavy storm. Ain't that a shame? My tears fell like rain. Wait a minute. There's Venus. And she's placed herself right between the Earth and Mars. Venus, uh, this is Ed Sparrow. I'm trying to contact Mars. What's the matter? Don't you like me? Eddie, my love. Well, you've got to admit she's a heavenly body, but my job is to find Mars by Jupiter. You won't find it by Jupiter. Mars is over there, on the other side. Okay, am I on? And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show with special guest DJ. Eddie J! What is going on, Eddie J? 
Well, we're having the Flying Saucer special right here, and Nardware wanted to hear all the Flying Saucer records together. So we started off with uh, the very first one, which was the very first of the genre, the very first sampling record, Buchanan and Goodman from July 1956. And on, the, on that record, um, actually, all the different labels sued them. So, you know, they wanted to prevent them from um, actually advertising their records in a way. But uh, uh, the the answer to the Flying Saucer was done by Sid Lawrence, and that one came out lickety-split. So that one was still uh, sampling all of the uh, original records. And uh, when the third one, with, uh, which we just heard there, Dave Barry, uh, out of this world with flying saucers. When the, that record came out, um, the the lawsuit was still going before the court, and so that they uh, instead of uh, sampling other people's records, they had a band or different bands actually playing little bits and pieces that they wanted to use for their break-in. Some of the uh, uh, things that they sampled belonged to that label, so they they used those uh, pieces uh, out of the original records. And you weren't allowed to sample, but you were allowed to sample a certain amount? Well, that it, that's how it ended up, but um, but at at this point, uh, when that record came out in July '56, that was still before the courts, and um, and they didn't know how that was going to turn out. So they wanted to cover their butts essentially, and um, and not expose themselves to a lawsuit. Now, in a, in a follow-up record, uh, Buchanan and Goodman uh, uh, did a uh, a break-in record about the trial. It was called, and it was called a trial. Uh, we may or may not hear that one later, but uh, at any rate, that's how that uh, came about. So we just heard part one of Out of This World with Flying Saucers, Dave Barry, who became a, a stand-up comedian. And uh, on, the, on the flip side, we're going to hear uh, uh, somebody doing a Mae West Im- impression, and, uh, and we're going to find out that... Rock and roll fans eat three squares a day. And a lot of this stuff is basically the history of rock and roll. What we're playing is a history of rock and roll. Please explain, Ed. Well, because they're sampling all of these little bit, uh, bits of records, which were the hit records of the day, uh, when, you, when you play them uh, from... You know, through the through their years, uh, you find out, uh, yeah, it's covering an awful lot of the the history of rock and roll. And when you listen to them, they always throw me off because, like, I hear like all the cut ups and stuff, and I think, oh, I've done something wrong. But that's the way it's supposed to be. Does it throw you off every time, Ed? No, I'm used to them. Uh, well, not all of them. Uh, I guess when we get to, to some of the rare ones here, uh, especially the ones that aren't particularly my favorites, uh, I'll probably get thrown off too. So here we go with part two of... Out of this world with flying saucers. With special guest DJ... Daddy J! And now a word from our sponsor. Attention all bald-headed men. When you go to sleep at night, does your head keep slipping off your pillow? When you go bowling, are you embarrassed because friends stick two fingers in your ears? Then why not try Fuzzo? We have a letter here from a satisfied customer in Texas who says, I've been rubbing Fuzzo into my scalp for nigh on to 40 years. And man, I want to tell you, I got the hairiest fingertips you ever saw. And meanwhile, back in the States... 
We return you to Edward R. Spatter and his historic person-to-person contact with Mars. Hello, Mars. Mars, uh, this is Edward R. Sparrow in New York. Are you there? Hello, Mars. Sram Tenalp. Sram Tenalp. Sram Tenalp? When Croy? When Croy? When Croy? Oh, I get it. That spells New York backwards. Listen, Mars, I'm getting your signal backwards. Look, is there any way you can spin your planet around on its axis so you're facing the Earth? She's trying to roll it around. And somebody's helping her. You got to roll with me, Henry. All right, baby. Roll with me, Henry. All right. You better roll it while the rolling is on. Roll on, roll on, roll on. Everything okay now? Crazy man. I'm digging your maximum. But I think Henry here is a little hacked over the fact that you're in the act. Maybelline. Why can't you be true? Oh, Maybelline, why can't you be true? You don't started doing the things you used to do. Oh, stop flipping, Henry. You're a cool cat, but I just latched me onto a daddy-o that's really out of this world. Earth angel, earth angel. Oh, will you be mine? Well, that's uh, very sweet of you, miss, but... Uh... Look, uh, millions of Earth inhabitants can hear your voice now, and I'm sure they'd like to know something about Martian customs. Uh, for instance, on Mars, what do people eat? People. You mean you're cannibalistic? Mm-hmm. All except rock and roll fans. What do rock and roll fans eat? Three squares a day. And what about your clothing? Clothing? Yes. What do girls uh, wear up there on Mars? Why, absolutely not. We interrupt this special news bulletin to bring you a program. We return you now to the concert by the Philharmonic Orchestra. At this very moment, somewhere in outer space, the first Earth ship is landing on Mars. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. This is John Cameron Cameron, downtown Mars. A thousands of Martians have come out to greet the first Earth ship. Uh, pardon me, sir. Would you care to say a few words? Shut your mouth. Go away. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here is the Martian national anthem. <laughs> Something seems to be happening. The giant frog monster is approaching. We can see the monster now. He's wearing a white sport coat. I, I think the monster is about to speak. I wonder why nobody don't like me. Or is it the fact that I'm ugly? There's only one person who can save these people now. Stepping out of the spaceship is Elf. How do you feel about this situation? I'm a little mixed up on the field. Do you think you can save Mars from the monster? Yay, yay, yay. We return you now to Earth for a message from the president. This is Washington. The president has a message. I'm all shook up. We switch you now to London. This is Sir John Cameron Cameron, downtown London. The prime minister has just said... I think I'm gonna cry. We switch you now to Moscow. This is John Cameron Cameronovich. We are here with the Russian chief of staff. 
have you a few words? Dum, 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 we return you now to Mars. This is John Cameron Cameron again, downtown Mars. Our hero has won. Wait, the monster is saying... I feel like I could die. Our hero is stepping back into the spaceship and is taking off. You saved our planet. Good evening, everybody. Lowell Fangschleister reporting from Cape Canaveral, where in just a few minutes, America's first Sputnik will blast off. The natives seem a bit restless, so we'll just stroll around and ask some of them what's happening. I'm assigned to light the main fuse. I just have to hold these wires. And if I don't, this is great. This is great. Balls of fire. This is Lowell Fangschleister again. The 11-hour countdown has been going on for three days now. In any minute now, something will happen. I believe I hear them counting now. They're counting with a strange musical chant. <laughs> Uh, pardon me, sir. Do you have any last words for your wife? I love her. She loves me. Is that the warning whistle? Hear that whistle, it's ten o'clock. Yep, that's it. Wait a minute. Something seems to be stuck in the whistle. Dip, 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 dip. Lowell Fangschleister again in darkest Cape Canaveral. All the crew is being cleared from the area, except those few who will be taking off in the Sputnik. And there's one of them making a porthole speech. No, it's several of them. They seem to be asking some kind of question. Oh, short, short. I'm afraid. I don't want to go off in no Sputnik for years. Way out in space with those other guys. Come on, you guys. Let go. Let me out of here. Let go. Don't let go. Don't let go. There goes the hat shot. Call in our correspondent, H.V. Calcimine, within the missile. H.V. speaking. There is a great spirit of caution here. All members of the crew are lying on soft cushions as they engage in speculation on the outcome of this trip. I say, how do you feel, Sergeant? Mm, this feeling's killing me. Captain, what time is it? Sugar time, sugar time, sugar, sugar time. time. Crazy. Now this is H.V. Calcimine saying... 
Good night. Lowell fangschleister again on the launching pad. The natives are still chanting. The wives are all being very brave. And for the woman's slant, we call in Luella Parsnips. Hello from Cape Canaveral, and here's my first exclusive. The wives of the intrepid men are all wearing... Well, well, girls, what are you wearing? We wear short shorts. Splendid, girls. And what sort of food will your husbands eat up in outer space in the Sputnik? Honey in the morning, honey in the evening, honey at supper time. And now back to Mr. Fangsleister. Good night from Cape Canaveral. Come in, Lowell. Lowell, get to work. Good evening, everybody, again. It's almost blast-off time, and I believe we're going to see the intermittent missile get off. One final word from the base commander, that famous general, Field Marshal Colonel General Baron Von Vaughn. There it goes! Four, three, two, one. Listen! I can hear the American pioneers of outer space! Listen! Come, let's go. And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show with special guest DJ. DJ! And today, Ed, we are doing break-in records. Break-in records. Yeah. From the 50s, 60s, and hopefully from the 70s, if we can get to them. And what did we just hear? That was Manny Suits and the Thieves. See, that's the way that it was thought of, you know, is that these guys were stealing little bits from, from all these uh, other artists and uh, record companies. That was from March 58, re- actually released in February. Cape Canaveral. The timing is amazing on these things, isn't it? In other words, like you have to kind of get the timing down. You have to be amazing knowing your timing to know when to start and stop these. Yes, well... You've got uh, them memorized, haven't you? Uh, some of them, some of them, but uh, some of these I don't play very often, so uh, yeah, they, I can get caught on them. And before that? We had Flying Saucer the second uh, Buchanan and Goodman uh, uh, project. That was uh, from July 57, and that one was top 20. It was number 18 on the Hot 100 for 13 weeks, so I had a good long run. And how would assemble these records just cutting up the tape well um they they have to have a storyline and then yes uh, back in those days it was uh, putting the records on the tape and manually cutting the tape and splicing the tape and uh, that's why uh, you know there's um, great inequities in the balances uh, that we're hearing some of them are um, very tinny and some of them are um, uh, have got nice bottom ends and stuff like that. So they're, they're, they didn't have the technology to, to be altering that kind of, uh, or, or re-engineering um, the sound. And before that? 
Well, before that was uh, the other set, actually, Nardward. We only, we only played two in that set, so um, we're about to play uh, another... Well, actually, I was kind of alluding to the little music that was in between. We had some Bill Doggett in between there, just just oh. to make things perfect here. Well, we just uh, we used that just so uh, we had a little... Gave ourselves a minute to flip over the record. Yeah, actually, the, the Bill Doggett record was uh, Honky Tonk, and uh, Honky Tonk was just a huge hit. It was number two on a Hot 100, but for 39 weeks, 39 weeks, how many weeks is there in a year? 52? My God, that's like, what, three quarters of a year it was on the chart? Incredible. It was number one on the R&B chart, and it was on the R&B chart for 28 weeks, so that's more than six months. Dig it, people. Uh, Bill Doggett, born February 16th, 1916, in Philadelphia, PA. And, of course, Honky Tonk hit the charts in July 1956. And coming up right now? We're going to go back to another uh, Buchanan Goodman, and this is another of the uh, flying, another Flying Saucer record. This is Flying Saucer Goes West. I wonder if they made it to Vancouver. On the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show with special guest DJ. DJ! Into the most dangerous town of the old west road, Wyatt Earp. Marshall Earp! Marshall Earp! Come quick! A flying saucer's just landed in town! Look out in this We take you now to the most dangerous town of the old west. This is John Cameron Cameron downtown. Spacemen from a flying saucer have opened fire. We can hear them inside the ship. Wait! Someone's coming this way! It's Wyatt Earp! He's riding up to the saucer! Well, you throw down your guns and come out peacefully, or I'll pick you off one by one! The spacemen are coming out of the ship! We can see them now! They're strange-looking creatures. Six foot high and one foot thick. I think the leader of the spacemen is going to speak. The situation looks serious. We take you now to Washington for a message from the president. We are here in Washington at an important dinner. Ladies and gentlemen, the president has a statement. Igor, the scalpels go on the left with the pitchforks. Mr. President, how do you feel about the saucer invasion? We return you now to the most dangerous town of the Old West. This is John Cameron Cameron again downtown. The spacemen have wide up and the boys surrounded. It looks like this is the end of the Old West. Wait, what's that? It's General Elvis Presley and the army come to the rescue. The spacemen are running back to the saucer. General Elvis Presley has saved the Old West. The defeated spacemen are preparing to blast off. And so, as the spacemen take off in the saucer, we hear their final goodbye to Earth. And now for the news. The planet Mars has exploded. Martian spaceships are heading toward Earth. We can hear them inside their ships. 
Washington, where the spaceships are now landing. The Martians are marching out of the first spaceship. The president is about to speak to the Martian leader. Cookie, cookie, lend me your comb. The president has angered the Martians because they have no hair. Wait, they've grabbed the president. We can hear him now. Turn loose. Turn loose, I'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, the Martian leader is threatening the president. Give me the deed to your ranch, I'll blow you all to bits. We return you now to our studios. Here is a bulletin. The government has decided if the Martians are to remain on Earth, they must go to school. We now hear the Martians greeting their teacher. Hey, lump of sugar, you look kind of sweet. Good morning, class. Did everybody do their homework? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Now, what did Columbus say when he landed in America? Going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. That's right. Now, tell us about the Queen of England. Well, she dances to the bop. She dances to the stroll. And what did Lincoln say at Gettysburg? Why must I be a teenager in love? The Martians have passed their lessons, and they are now singing their graduation song. Water, However, the Martians have decided to leave Earth and go to the moon. And there they go, marching back to their spaceship. It looks like the leader of the Martians has one last word to the president. Baby, you're the ginchiest. Tonight we have a really big show for you, because live on our stage, the Beetle Flying Saucer Landing. <laughs> Stepping out of the flying saucer, here come the Beatles. One, two, three, four. Now the president is here for this great event. One of the Beatles has something to say to the president. I wanna hold your hand. Mr. President, have you a statement to make to the Beatles? I went everybody's heard about the bird. Well, tell me, Mr. Drummer Man, do you ever plan to get a haircut? What kind of fool do you think I am? Wait. The Russian delegate is now approaching. See the funny little clown. You know, I believe that Mr. Sushef of Russia has something to say to the Beatles. <laughs> Will you please translate that into English? Can you mark it to the top? Well, would one of the Beatles care to say something to the Russian delegate? I wanna hold your hand! And now... A word from our sponsor. Are you still using that greasy kid stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting in the audience is the delegation from Cuba. Wait, I believe the Beatles have something to say to Fido Gastro, the Cuban leader. I wanna hold your hand. Beatles are returning to their flying saucer. One, two, three, five! The saucer has blasted off, and the Beatles are...
We interrupt this record for a special announcement. It seems there's been an invasion at the local airport. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, Mama said. We take you now to the local airport where a foreign object has just landed. Is it a plane? Ah! Is it a plane? Yeah, this is Nutley at the local airport. Thousands of teenagers have gathered to get a closer look at the invaders. We're standing at the foot of the plane. The door is opening. There they are. Are you the ones that invaded the country? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamming the airwaves day and night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stealing the hearts of American girls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what do you have to say for yourselves? Ooh, we're being invaded by four mobs. Don't just stand there. Call the silly defense department. What's the number? Civilians are urged to take cover. Down by the riverside. Military personnel are directed to report immediately. The invaders are armed with 33s and 45s and all have records. Teenagers, we beg you, don't stop, don't look, don't listen. This is Bunkley walking through the crowd. Young lady, what have you done to protect yourself? I said, uh, what have you done to protect yourself from the invaders? But what would you do if a mop swept you off your feet? And your boyfriend here, uh, what do you have to say? Oh, goodbye, cruel world. You're off to join the army. Uh, 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 uh. I'm off to join the circus. And we're off to join Nutley with the four mops. Mops, you're sweeping the country. Barber shops are closing. Band clubs are breaking up. Dingo, come here. Confidentially, between us guys, what do you expect to find here that you haven't got at home? Two girls for every boy. Does that mean you plan to take over the whole country? Yeah, yeah, yeah. America, this is the end. America, this is not the end. For future developments, stay tuned to this station. February 14th, 1929, St. Valentine's Day, in a warehouse on Chicago's south side. Members of the Al Cologne gang, disguised as police, gunned down seven of Bugs Moron's boys. Three lived long enough to say, Later that evening, Bugs Moron received this anonymous phone call. Are you lonesome tonight? Fearing for his life, Moron rushed to LaSalle Street Station, where he was seen boarding a train heading up to Alaska. At that very moment, Elliot Fress and the Touchables, out to uphold justice, were taking their oath. During the following weeks, 15 members of the Al Cologne mob met violent deaths. Scarmelli Capelli, Cologne's top lieutenant, was cornered by one of Muggs Moron's boys and told... You're 16, you're beautiful, and you're mine. 
Meanwhile, at the headquarters of Elliot Press and the Touchables. Deine Heimat ist das that same day, little Annie Tortoni, Carpelli's gun mall, paid a surprise visit to the Touchables. Two days later. They found little Annie all covered with ice. Clutched in her hand, police found a note with just four words. You talk too much. The killings continued until Al Colon was taken into custody by federal agents. Following his conviction, Cologne told an astonished court, Like a rubber ball, I'll come bouncing back to you. This promise was never to be fulfilled. <laughs> Their job done for them, Elliot Fress and the Touchables turned to each other and said, Now retired and living on the palatial estate of the late Al Cologne, they were asked, how is this possible? Simple. We were touchable. <laughs> And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show with special guest DJ. Eddie J. And Eddie J, we're playing break-in sampling records today in the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. We're listening to them and enjoying them. Actually, listeners, if you're enjoying them too, feel free to phone in. 604-822-2487, 604-UBCCITR, or you can tweet me at Nardwar, N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R. You've pretty much got these memorized. How did people listen to these in the 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s? We're listening to them on the radio, just digging them now. How did people listen to them back then, Ed? Well, that's exactly how they listen to them on the radio. I thought you said they do that at parties. They try to guess all the different songs that are involved. Um, not at parties. Well, at parties they would discuss it, yeah. But uh, they were, you know, they're actually not party records. It's not. They're not records that you would dance to or something like that. But uh, you know, usually at uh, at high school, uh, you know, the teen- teenagers of the day would get together and they would uh, they would talk about these records and try to figure out all the different records that were used or sampled uh, used in the break in. And what did we just hear right there? Well, at uh, some point, uh, Buchanan and Goodman go their own different ways. Uh, Buchanan only puts out a couple more records uh, with different partners. Uh, But Dickie Goodman carried the flame. And actually, uh, he had some success with the Touchables. Uh, That was number 60 on the Hot 100. And on the uh, charts for, for a respectable seven weeks, that was from February 61. Uh, before then, uh, we had the uh, the invasion by Buchanan and Greenfields. So that was one of uh, Buchanan, Bill Buchanan's um, uh, efforts. Uh, sans uh, Mister Dickie Goodman and Greenfield, as actually Howard Greenfield, and he was better known as Neil Sedaka's songwriting partner. And that one was was from. S- September 64, and I think, uh, was that the one that used a little bit of the Trashman? That had a bit of Trashman in there, I think. That made me think, what other bands are including these that are perhaps obscure that make you really excited? That made me excited to have the Trashman in there. Well, I think that was a pretty big hit for for them, so it's not surprising that, that it would end up as um, being sampled. Uh, before that, we had uh, Ed Solomon uh, doing an Ed Sullivan impression. Uh, of course, uh, Mr. Sullivan had the Toast of the Town TV show, and and he was uh, 
the the first one to showcase the Beatles, and that was the Beetle Flying Saucer from June '64, uh, the very year of uh, the the Beatles. Did you know that the Beatles had almost half of their hits in 1964, as far as North? Um, America is concerned. It made me think, Ed, one side of the record is the break-in part. What's on the B side of these records? We're all playing 45s here today, but a lot of the break-in stuff is on A. Some are A and B. What's on the B side of a lot of these records? Actually, uh, there's a lot of great instrumentals on the B side, uh, B sides of these records. What do we have coming up right now? Well, we didn't finish the set. Uh, before that, we had Flying Saucer the Third. That was another Buchanan and Goodman uh, production from September 59. That one failed to click on the charts. And uh, another one that failed to click on the charts was uh, the one that we started the set off with. Flying Saucer Goes West from August 58. Uh, another Buchanan and Goodman production and now we've got something super special we've got a break-in record from vancouver bc canada um the the uh three of the um, djs at uh Seafun radio station got together and uh wrote a script and put together um actually a takeoff on uh dickie goodman's corruptible records or excuse me uh, touchable records and it was called the corruptibles this is from march 1961 and the way you got this record was that you had to go to dairy queen and buy a deli bar and you got yourself a free copy that's the way they got around the copyrights how was the deli bar um, well, I didn't have one, and I don't think I've ever had a dilly bar. At have you ever dairy. bought food and then got a record? Have you ever done any of those deals? No. <laughs> Why? That would have been fun, Ed. I, I suppose so, but uh, I don't know. I just um, Actually, I should have, actually, because uh, I heard the record back then, and it was a great record, so um, yeah. Uh, why didn't I? I have no idea. So here um, we go with... Um, this is, uh, they call themselves the good guys and on Fun, of course, they played it on that rec- radio station. It was number six for, for four weeks and there was only a thousand records pressed. And one of the, the sampled records was, uh, another Vancouver band, the DeVilles. Um, they sampled their, uh, their record, which was a hit record, actually, uh, Searching for Love. Um, the Vancouver police chief says, I ain't found nothing yet. And right now, we're going to play these selections as by as selected by DJ. Eddie J! Eddie J. And thank you, Ed. We're going to try to jam in as much as we can. I'm saying like constantly, like, what we got coming up? What we got coming up? Because we're going to try to jam in as much as we can here on the Nardwarty Human Survey Radio Show of these break-in sampling records. Well... Maybe we'll get into some some later ones now. But coming up right now are the good guys. The Corruptibles. Aren't the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio? So, 1,000 copies pressed. April 1st, 1961. April Fool's Day. The notorious Al Cornpone Empire of the Roaring Twenties has been reorganized. Heading the new mob is Al Cornpone Jr. Who tried to find happiness in an unfriendly world. Although a young man... He was destined to become as famous as his father. Just like a dead. In his inaugural address to his gang, young Cornpone Jr. was heard to say... 
The headquarters for the new syndicate was Vancouver, Canada. Where the boys are. News of the crime wave was brought to the attention of the swinging men at 1410, better known as the good guys. The cornpone mob immediately tried to bribe the good guys. George, should I get the bag of beads and trinkets? The good guys answered. Shame on you. And set up a citywide dragnet. Following a lead that more of the cornpone gang would arrive at the Vancouver International Airport, Jerry Lee Lander reported from the scene. The plane was way overdue. The reason being... They may have run into some turbulent weather. Happy Pappy was located high atop the Seafun transmitter tower to keep tab on movements of the gang. What do you say, Al? I always say hello. He was quickly replaced by Brian Lord. Baby Blue. Another of the good guys. By this time, the Corpone gang had eluded the good guys and was terrorizing the city. With the town in an uproar, Seafun News quickly contacted the city hall. In a stuttering report, the mayor replied, and added this personal plea to Al Cornpone Jr. Oh, my darling, please surrender. In a report from Vancouver City Police Chief, Meanwhile, back at the radio station, I was DJ show. Frosty Force and Big Dave McCormick noticed that several of the winners of last week's Seafun Twin Pick hits were members of the Al Cornpone Jr. Gang, including their notorious leader. The postmarks on the envelopes led the good guys where the Cornpone mob had their hideout. The fight that followed battles glorious and deeds victorious finally brought to an end the reign of terror. While awaiting his trial, Al Cornpone Jr. was asked who influenced him to follow in his father's footsteps to a life of crime. When I became of age, my mother called me to her side. The trial was held on July 3rd in 63. And Al Cornpone Jr. and his gang were sentenced to a life in prison. With the job done and the Cornpone gang arrested, the good guys turned to each other and said, Buggy, 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 when asked, how was this possible? Simple. They were corruptible. Good evening. This is Ned Nutley, and this is Willie Winkley. Tonight, our microphones are set up at the stately Wilting Hotel in Washington. We're going to bring you an on-the-spot report of a campaign dinner for the presidential hopeful John Finnerty. Good evening, Mr. Finnerty. Uh, hello to you, too. Mr. Finnerty, we know you just completed a long campaign tour. How do you feel? Well, I feel so, feel so fine. Well, that's wonderful. Say, Mr. Finnerty, I hate to say anything, but I noticed you're wearing snowshoes. Where have you been? North to Alaska. Cold up there, huh? Oh, excuse me, Mr. Finnerty. I noticed some commotion outside the auditorium. Let's go now to Willie Winkley. This is Willie Winkley outside. There seems to be as many Dixon supporters as Finity fans here tonight. They've been on hand most of the evening harassing the crowd as they made their way in. Right now they're singing the Dixon campaign song. Uh-oh, there may be some trouble now. Several Finity supporters have attacked the leader of this Dixon group. They're... Good grief, they're tearing his clothes off. 
The police are moving in now. I'm going to try to get over there if I can. Uh, excuse me, sir. You're on my mic cord. Pardon me. Ah, uh, here we are. Here's the leader of this Dixon group. Would you say something to our audience, sir? What am I doing here? This is Ned Dudley back on the rostrum. Mr. Finnerty, you no doubt heard that disturbance by the Dixon supporters. Do you have anything to say? Why is everybody always picking on you? Mr. Finnerty, according to the latest polls, your greatest strength is in the New England states. Now, we know you're a native son, but what has really made you so popular? I do the shimmy when I walk down the street. Okay, now let's get down to issues, Mr. Finnerty. What is one of the biggest problems you face in this campaign? People tell me I'm too young. And what do you think? Kitty, oh, don't you know that's wrong? Oh, incidentally, Mr. Finnerty, I see both of your brothers are here tonight. Now, oh, they've been quite active throughout your campaign. Is there anyone else back home that's carrying the Finnerty banner? Yeah, you should see my little sister. And what has she done to help your campaign? She wore an Mr. Finnerty, we're going to let you go, but just one or two more questions. Uh, if you're elected, how do you plan to spend most of your time? And looking at the election realistically, what do you do if you lose? You go downtown to the pawn shop and get yourself a pistol. Thank you, Mr. John Finnerty. This is Ned Nutley on the rostrum. And this is Willie Wheatley on the wagon. We're on our way across town to attend a rally for the other candidate for president, Nick Dixon. We'll be back in just a moment. While Gotham City sleeps, Batman's grandmother is being kidnapped by the arch criminal known as... The Green Beret. Commissioner Gordon dials the secret number of the Batcave. Six, three, four, five, seven, eight. Holy smoke, Batman! They got your grandmother! <laughs> Quick, Robin, to the Batmobile. Great Scott, Batman! Something's heading right for us! Here it comes! Here it comes! Here it comes, I've wrecked the Batmobile. Come here, baby. Scratch my back. No time for that now, Robin. Look, Batman, it's the Green Beret and Grandmother. <laughs> I'll save her, Robin. Gee whiz, Batman, what happened? Bang, bang, he shot me down. Is this the end of Batman? Stay tuned to this record. So far, Batman's grandmother has been kidnapped. Batman has been shot. Robin has had his 19th nervous breakdown. But the best is yet to come. Batman, Batman, speak to me. Baby, I can't make it without you. Jumping Jupiter, Batman, grandmother is kissing the Green Beret. Batman, Batman, where are you going? To the bat room, Robin. How? Man, did Well, how was it, Batman? It was exciting, exciting. Holy mackerel, Batman. 
The Green Beret has fallen through that trap door into his own alligator pit. He's a real nowhere man. Once again, Batman and Robin have foiled another arch criminal. Back at the Bat Cave. Wowee, Batman, look at this telegram. Grandmother has been drafted. And now for the news, we take you to the White House. Mr. President, have you any statement regarding Watergate? How would you describe the Watergate incident? <laughs> Mr. President, what were you doing at the time the incident took place? And how do you feel about it now? Here I am, stuck in the middle. Mr. President, what will your position be from now on? No This is 1973. What will you be saying at election time in 1976? Just arriving is the First Lady. Uh, how would you describe the President? He's a free and gentle flower, growing wild. With me now is John Snitchell. And uh, Mr. Snitchell, who do you believe was responsible for Watergate? In a phone call, Mrs. Snitchell had this to say, He's the funkiest worm in the world. Here with me is John Bean. Uh, sir, how do you think the president will wind up at the end of all this? Reeling in the east, stowing away the time. Mr. President, what do you feel you have going in your favor? I knew Jesus before he was a Any final message for the American people? You are the sunshine of my life. This record is not over. The vice president has just arrived. Sir, can you tell us who will be the next president of the United States? where a giant shark has just eaten a girl swimmer. Well, Mr. Jaws, how was it? And what did she say when you grabbed her? Please, Mr. Please. I know sharks are stupid, but what did you think when you took that first bite? How sweet it is. Mr. Jaws, before you swim out to sea, have you anything else to say? With me now is the local sheriff, Sheriff Brody. The shark will be back for lunch. What do you intend to do? Just arriving is oceanographer Matt Hooper. Sir, if someone is attacked by a shark, what should they do? We're going aboard the fishing boat of Captain Quint. Captain, will you be able to catch this giant shark? Thank you, Captain. Captain, Captain, Captain. When you catch one of these sharks, what do you feel like? Like a rhinestone cowboy. We've just sighted the shark again. He's coming straight for us. Captain Quint is shouting something at him. Get 
Jaws, the captain says he's going to catch you. What do you think of that? Uh-oh, here he comes again. They've hit him. Mr. Jaws, why doesn't anything seem to hurt you? He's coming right onto the boat. Mr. Jaws, why are you grabbing my hand? Wouldn't you give your hand to a friend? No, wait, Mr. Jaws. That's not the way this record is supposed to end. Help! Help! And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show with special guest DJ. Daddy J. Eddie J, what have we been doing today on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show? I know we began with some voodoo tunes. We've been doing break-in sampling records. In case anybody has just tuned in right now, explain what we've been playing. Well, you just said it. We've been playing these break-in records. That's what they're called. But uh, they're the first uh, artists to be using sampling from other people's records. And we really thank thank the caller for phoning in and having a request there. Yeah, some somebody phoned in and said, oh, you should listen all you know, down the States and everybody uh, know Watergate and, uh, and then we played Watergate. But uh, we just finished playing uh, Mr. Jaws, which was uh, Dickie Goodman's biggest hit record. That was from October 75. Um, gee, I was thinking, when was Jaws came, came out? I thought it was 1980, and then I thought it was 78, and, uh, and then I thought it was 76, and, and but this record was from 75, so I guess it was, what, 75 or 74? Yes, indeed. I'm not much of a movie fan, uh, how could you tell? Anyway, that was his biggest hit. It was number four on uh, on the Hot 100, so that was a huge hit. For and what label was that on? And all these records we've been playing, what labels have they been on? They're pretty much small labels. Did any major labels release these? Um, well, we're about to play uh, a, a, a very well-known record label. Uh, it was still a small record label, but um, we're we're about to play uh, a record on the, the Sun record label. So that's probably the best known of all these record labels. Mr. Jaws came out on the Cash record label. There used to be a Cash record label back in the 50s, but I doubt it's, if it's the same record label. Um, Watergrate came out on Rainy Wednesday, which I think was around for a hit or two. Actually, Watergrate was number 42 on the Hot 100 in June 73, so that was a pretty good hit. Um, Redbird was an interesting uh, record label. That's the one that uh, Dickie Goodman put out, Batman and His Grandmother. Uh, Redburn, Redbird was uh, owned by uh, Mike Lieber and Jerry St- uh, Stoller. Uh, Batman and His Grandmother was number 70 for three weeks back in May uh, 1966. Report to the Nation was on the MK label. Very uh, obscure. Uh, Winkley and Nutley, Jim Stagg and Bob Mitchell. Never heard of those guys, and I don't think anybody else would know them either if they hadn't done Report to the Nation. We only played half of that. Um, That was the uh, election, JFK versus Richard Nixon. That would be the 1960 election, and that record came out circa uh, circa November 1960. It ends, We want Elvis! 
So that uh, lets you know where the teenagers are at. And we started that set off way back when with the, the Corruptibles by the Seafund Good Guys from Vancouver, B.C., Canada. An extremely rare record. Only 1,000 copies. And I just might have the best copy uh, in existence. So right now, going to play something from the Sun Record label. Yeah, this one uh, actually was the flip side of one of Jerry Lee Lewis's records, but I've got a a real rare one where it's a double-sider. This was done by George and Louie, and it's called The Return of Jerry Lee, so it's uh, about the exploits of Jerry Lee, and uh, particularly when he came back from his infamous trip to uh, London, England, which uh, basically uh, ended his career. Or or put a big dent in it anyway. So here we go. Break-in records, sampling records on a Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show with special guest DJ. DJ! We take you now to the municipal airport in Memphis, Tennessee, where rock and roll singer Jerry Lee Lewis and his new bride have just arrived from a tour of the British Isles. Our on-the-spot announcer has just notified us that Mr. Lewis has consented to an interview. Come in, Edward R. Edward. This is Edward R. Edward at the Municipal Airport in Memphis, Tennessee. Mr. Lewis, I'd like to ask you this question. How do you feel about being back home? Ooh, feels good. Well, uh, Jerry, what did you say when the news of your marriage broke over in London? The news is out all over town. Well, uh, how did you manage to uh, get your marriage license with your wife being so young? I told a little lie. Well, uh, like uh, Jerry Lee, uh, where did you meet your charming wife? Bobby at the high school hall. How did you propose to your wife? Open up a honey, it's your lover boy, me, that's knocking. Mr. Lewis, I see you have your attractive bride with you. Would you like to tell the audience something about her? <laughs> yeah. Well... How do you feel about the whole situation? I'm feeling sorry. Jerry, this question, do you think women find you attractive? Well, I ain't bragging. It's understood. What did you say when the London critics voiced their opinion of your show? I know that I should leave. Well, Jerry, here's a question uh, rather important to our audience. Were the conservative Britons very shaken over your behavior? What did Queen Elizabeth say about you? Well, Jerry, what was your reply to the London critics? Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Lee's manager has just stepped off the plane. Uh, Let's see if he'll make a statement. Say, sir, could you uh, come over to our microphone? Uh, Say, sir, yeah, thank you. Uh, How do you feel about the publicity Jerry Lee has been getting? Well, Jerry, we'd like to wind up our little interview here, and we'd say thanks to you for taking your time. And one more final question, though. How has the whole situation left you, Jerry Lee Lewis, feeling? Breathless. This is Walter Funkite on the campus of Fun City College, where a slight difference of opinion seems to be taking place between the students and the local authorities who say... Mr. Happiness, Mayor Daly of Chicago. Mr. Mayor, what do you see here today? Hair, long, beautiful hair. The student leader is replying to Mayor Daly. Thank you, baby. 
We switch you now to the White House in Washington. The president has a statement to make to the students. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. This is Walter Funkite back on campus. <laughs> One of the students has an important question. Where's the playground, Susie? Governor Wallace has come up from Alabama for a few laughs. Governor, what do you see taking place here? I see a student has something to say to Governor Wallace. To know, know, know you is to love, love, love you. We switch you again to Washington, where we hear Vice President Agnew finishing his speech. This is Walter Funkite back on campus again. <laughs> the tension is mounting. Here is Adam Clayton Powell. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Powell, what is it you really want? I don't want nobody to give me nothing. There's U.B. Humphrey. What seems to be the trouble? I've been hurt, 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 hurt. Mayor Lindsay and the city council have come to fund City College at their own expense to say something of momentous importance. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Together in the throng are Governor Regan and Rap Brown. Governor, where did you two first meet? In the ghetto. Mr. Brown, how does a controversy like this usually end? This is Walter Funkite signing off with the playing of my theme song. You may be wondering why I asked you here today. Well, it all started last Saturday night at the movies. My girl and I were watching The Creature from the Black Slacks Lagoon. Black Slacks. Black Slacks. Oh, look! Over there! What is that weird, gruesome-looking creature? It's huge! It looks like a, a giant grasshopper! With a big beak on it! It must have come from the ocean floor! Looks like my English teacher. His name is Mr. Bing. It's headed for my girl. What's gonna happen? Goodness gracious! Holy mackerel! What I gonna do now, there? It's looking at them. Oh, look, it's talking to them. They're laughing. Laughing? Laughing? Laughing. Hmm. General H. Mendel Mirbauer here. Oh, not the Army. Navy. Air Force. Get me Washington. Something's loose here. Some creature. We've got to find it and stop it. Gonna find her. What's that, Sergeant? You found the creature? On Main Street? You know what to do. I'm gonna walk right down that street like bulldog drumming. Cannons have no effect on it. The A-bomb is useless. Everybody stop laughing. We've got to use our secret weapon. You mean the... Yes, the gun. <laughs> this is clearly a case for science. Get me Professor Roger Cool. This is cool, man. What's your problem? There's a creature loose down here, Cool. This is a shaky situation. Whole lot of shaking going on. I think you and your staff should investigate at once. Oh, okay, man. We'll pop over as soon as we find a helicopter. Well, here we are, man. Meet and greet my crazy girl assistant scientist. <laughs> well, hello there, big boy. Teet. 
Cool? You're just in time, boy. The creature has oozed into a cave. Oozed? Man, like, what is it? You'll never believe this, Cool. Goo. Goo? Goo? Goo. Cool, you are going in that cave. That'll be the day. Day. I'll go! No, girl, don't give me any of that jazz. Like we have to make the scene in the next picture. You can't stop me, Roger. I'm going! Bye-bye, love. Bye-bye, happiness. Hello, loneliness. I think I'm gonna cry. And you're still listening, I hope, I hope, to Denardwar, the human serviette radio show with Special guest DJ, DJ, Eddie J, Crazy Ed, and Ed, we just got a tweet here from Gordzilla, and Gordzilla says, do not listen to Nardwar if you're on LSD right now, and that's exactly why we did this show, didn't we, Ed? Please explain. Well, we thought we'd try and shake you up there. An hour's worth of break-in records. So thank you, Gordzilla, for that tweet there, because that's exactly what we're trying to achieve. Break-in records. So if Gordzilla didn't quite understand what we're playing, what have we been playing again, lastly here? Well, these are the very first records that were used uh, as samples, uh, so that uh, the artists sampled other people's records and spliced them together with uh, a story uh, to, to make the very first use of these samples. And of course, uh, there, there was a lawsuit, and um, and the result of that lawsuit was that uh, they were indeed uh, allowed to use ten seconds uh, of other people's records. Now, um, Nardware, has that ever been changed? There have been different sort of versions of sampling, etc., over the years. And the interesting thing about it is where you mention about how they started sampling records, and then after sampling the records, they started to get bands to do the samples. That's exactly what rap bands did. They started sampling, and right. then afterwards, or hip-hop bands, they just started getting bands to play the samples, etc. So this is really the history of rock and roll that we have been playing for the past hour, haven't we? Little samples here yeah. and there. So, so has that uh, verdict been overturned then? I don't know what the exact statute of limitations is, but I think you're allowed, again, a little second yeah. to put on there. What, when what, I say a little second, what was the trial? We didn't play the trial, but what was the trial? So maybe just to go back to tell people, people started doing these break-in records, sampling records of the day, right? Take it back there for a second, Ed. Yes, well, uh, the, the result of the, the trial... The, no, the, but maybe I, tell people what happened. Yeah, well, they, in reality, I'm not talking about the record, but in reality, the result of the trial was that... They but why were, was there a trial? Well, they, they, well, like I say, it had never been done before. Um, I, when was the Flying Saucer? That was way back in July 1956, the very first one. Uh, it had never been done before, and a bunch of the uh, record companies uh, got their noses out of joint and uh, sued uh, the artist Buchanan and Goodman. To, uh, to, to stop them from uh, sampling their product uh, and, um, you know, and basically uh, try, try to uh, uh, 
you know, get get some uh, money out of them for for uh, you know surreptitiously playing their records, and uh, the result of that trial, by, you know, which actually went on for quite a while, was that they, they were allowed to to use ten seconds. So the, 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 actually, there were Buchanan Goodman uh, did a record called Buchanan Goodman on trial and or the trial, and the result of that was not guilty. Anyway, we just played uh, the creature that was uh, B- Bill Buchanan uh, with his first par- partner. I don't know his uh, first name, but Ansel Buchanan and Ansel came out as, and that was the creature from de- December '57. That one actually uh, nicked the Hot 100. It was number 85 for five weeks, so a little bit of a hit. Um, and before that, we had Dickie Goodman on campus, and this comes from you uh, from the campus, UBC campus. Uh, that was a, a pretty good size hit for him, number five, 45, back in uh, July 69. And um, we had the return of Jerry Lee Lewis uh, on the Sun label. Uh, from August 1958, all about the the story of Jerry Lee. Thank you, Ed, for bringing in all these break-in sampling records. Absolutely amazing. And I left a bunch at home. We've got enough to to do another hour of another that. LSD <laughs> trip with DJ Eddie J. Crazy Ed. What do we got coming up Freak right out. now? What do we got coming up right now? Well, we got. Uh, uh, I I don't know if this was Dickie Goodman's last hit or not, but um, this one that goes uh, back to March of 1977. Uh, was number 48 on the Hot 100. This one's called Kong. So the record you have is from 56 to 77. That's what we span today. That's right. So that's 21 years in the history of rock and roll. And when you put, if you put all those records that they have, uh, that we heard 10 seconds of, that would make quite a good chunk of... Uh, of rock and roll history. And we're playing right now Kong, and you've actually not listened to this before. Um, well, I've listened to it before, but um, when the last time I've I listened to it, well, that could be 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years ago. So you're not sure if it's about Pong, a video game, or if it's about King Kong, or it's about some other Kong. I have no idea. And that's the great thing about UBC CITR Radio and the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. If you know nothing, you can do a show. If you want to do a radio show, come on down to CITR and you can come and do a radio show. Room 233 of the Student Union Building of UBC. And you can ask in your friends like DJ Crazy Ed. We all amateurs here. To bring in his entire collection of break-in records. So thanks so much. DJ Eddie Day, keep on rocking in the free world. And doot doodaloot do. Thanks for having me, Nardworth. Doot doo. Almost doot doodaloot do. Doot doo. We're here on Skull Island where a 40 foot gorilla has just kidnapped Guan, a young actress. Hey Kong, what did you tell her? Tonight, tonight. And what did she say to you? You've got a cute way of talking. When do you intend to let her go? After loving. Dwan, if you can hear me up there, what advice do you have for someone who is kidnapped by a 40-foot gorilla? Joyce, 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 Thank you, Dwan. Dwan, 
New York to do a concert. While you're there, where are you going to take a bath? One last question before you go. What do you call that weird way you walk? We are here in New York where the stadium is filled. Kong, what do you feel like with all these people around? Just another new kid in town. Kong is breaking loose. He doesn't want to do the concert. Dwan, say something to him. You don't have to be a star, baby. He's heading for the World Trade Center. We'll have to get help to stop this monkey. the trade center he's climbing to the top Kong what are you doing up there we are here with Kong on top of the World Trade Center army helicopters are shooting at him Kong is shouting something up at them they've hit him Kong have you any last words to say to Dwan On my foot, we're falling. Kong, Kong, Kong.